Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. I don't have a co-founder, so I've always kind of carried the weight of decisions and not really having someone of that that's like invested in that way to like be able to bounce ideas off of. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey everyone, today I am joined by Luke Davis, who is the founder of Lie and Loved, an interesting creative organization based in Raleigh, where they do creative artwork and other cool things related to golf, and that'll spice up your home interior, as you see here in Luke's background as well. Luke, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, thanks, Angela. Then been following you on LinkedIn for a while, and it's good to talk with you and get to know you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to do it live and direct in front of however big this audience is that watches this. You're right down the road in Durham. The better city, Which, you know. Yeah, I can agree with that. I used to work out of Durham and I enjoyed it a lot. It's got yeah. a, it's got good energy. It does. It hey, does. did you see there's it a does. beaver today? They saw a beaver at American Tobacco Stores. There's always something. My goodness gracious. I did see that. I was like, I guess they just wanted some cool water that wasn't contaminated or something. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. a pretty smart beaver. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, they were able to get the beaver safely, I think. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> didn't hear it. it was exploding on all of their Twitter. Is where I was seeing it popping off. Yeah. 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 Same here. <laughs> Oh, man. But speaking of your connection to Durham and connection to the Triangle, you are a former NC State student who is now growing and building your own incredible company based off of your love of golf and your love of just a really cool, cozy home space. And I really would love to know how you made the transition and are still incorporating golf into your life, obviously, but making the transition from being a student, being an athlete to now being a business owner and a creator full time. Yeah, it's it's been a long road, I would say. It's like weird kind of looking back on. And it's all also flown by in the blink of an eye. I went to NC State, like you, you mentioned, and I studied professional golf management there, which is a four and a half year roughly program that there's about 18 colleges that offer it across the country. And it's got the full curriculum of becoming a PGA professional, which is the business side of golf, where you'd like operate a golf course or teach or do something in the golf industry as a golf professional while doing classes like a full bachelor of science in whatever college 
that major is in. So at NC State, it was in the College of Natural Resources and Parks, Recreation, and Tourism. So that, how I got there was also a long story. So I would say like golf in general has been a part of my life in some capacity for the extent of it. And I didn't know what I wanted to do for the longest time. And it, but eventually like all roads kind of led to something golf related. So yeah, happy to answer any questions you have or keep going while I'm on a roll of the story. I don't know. No, it's fine. Yeah. I won't make you recount every gory detail, but I did just kind of want to ask more specifically here. Lie and Loft has a very specific and unique brand design and approach to design. And not only do you have kind of like paint simulations or paint recreations, but you also have like golf course recreations as well. And just things that when you think of, wow, I want some art in my home, people may not necessarily think about those types of artistic styles first, right? So can you kind Mm -hmm. of talk to me how you came into just kind of crafting and finding your own kind of design style? Yeah, for me, it kind of the idea came from um, when I got my first place after college and wanted to kind of make it my own space. And I really, really enjoy kind of the stylizing of a space, I guess, if you will, like interior design and then how a place makes you feel. And when kind of thinking about the types of things I wanted to put on the walls or the type of artwork to start investing in golf was a part of that and yeah i think just style wise there's not a lot of modern takes on golf artwork if you were to look for golf artwork out there it's pretty old i guess is the word you uh, tag it as or like it feels like an antique which is great in certain settings or it's like old photographs but there's just not really anything more modern or abstract or clean or some of these other ways of visually communicating something so you know for me personally i was looking for course maps of places i'd worked at to kind of hang on the wall of like you would see back in the day or even current currently you know when you go to a golf course they'll often have scorecards with a map on there So that was kind of the inspiration for this is like a graphic design, modern, minimal take and kind of like connecting that course to your home, really. And it's since evolved beyond course maps to, like you mentioned, paintings and illustrations and photography and other product categories, too. So I guess style wise, just me personally, I was looking for something a little more modern and clean. And like I mentioned, there was just kind of nothing there. So I just taught myself graphic design and start making them. Nice, nice. So I think, you know, which is just by course of nature, a lot of people are self-taught creators. And that is one side of a business. The other side is, again, running the business. So in addition to your degree, which did kind of prepare you for I guess you could say a career in golf or having a golf related business. Like what were some of the initial challenges you had, not just learning, but actually like putting those things into practice on your own with your own time, your own capital, all those other things. 
it's a lot of self-doubt that you have to kind of push through and it's kind of like believing that what like your idea or what you're working towards is gonna work you know like at the end of the day it's something that I i feel like if you're doing something entrepreneurial you should be having fun with it or it's something that you're still like getting joy out of so for me that was kind of difficult to juggle that of like i'm getting to create something from scratch basically and like build a business and learn like i'm fascinated with like learning new things or trying new things so that part of it was just so exciting that like beginning phase of starting a company but then reality is certainly a thing when it comes to you know the money side which is to this day even you know it's still a challenge that every you know i don't think that'll ever go away but i think it's just like anything else you just if you want to do something and you're just going to keep doing it and it's going to be challenging but just like learning a new sport or activity or hobby you know it's running a business you just need to do it and go through it to you know I got so, you. It was I definitely got you. Yeah. challenging and still challenging. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Well, I appreciate you being honest because I mean, sometimes like we get in these modes or you hear other people online and they're like, yeah, it was so hard at first, but now it's great and nothing's wrong. And, you know, I'm in a groove and I only work four days a week or something like that. And it's oh, like, man, I wish. This, you, would, you, you think like, <laughs> you know, you get in your head that it's supposed to be like, Oh, a little hard at first, but it pays off at the end. And then it's just paradise and bliss and, and everything. Once you like crack this invisible code and that's just not how it works. <laughs> no, you just hopefully enjoy it a little bit more than you know, you're doing it for yourself and for the people that you work with and your customers. So it's just a different feeling than doing that for someone else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or the challenge yeah. is, will always be there, but. It's just the dynamics different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the nature of the challenges changes over time too. Like at first the challenge is just like, how can I do or have the most amount of impact with the least amount of resources? And then it kind of changes to, okay, well, I have more resources now. How do I grow this with the, grow this as much as I can with this set amount of resources that I have now and spend these resources wisely, right? And then once you start to grow, then it's like, okay, I have, you know, resources, I have a team, like, how can I not be pigeonholed and not be static, like in my business and continue to grow and meet the needs of like my clients and my customers. So like each challenge is different. And I think like at each level. And so like, it depends on how much you like the challenges at each level, how much fun you're having. But I personally feel like it gets better as it goes along, because then it's like, you're having more fun, you have a little more freedom. You have other people to share the journey with. Like it, it grows and evolves into something beautiful over time. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's something you're like just talking about briefly. Like you know, you have to push through kind of the self doubt and also balance that with having fun. Like, was there ever a time where you were like? in your business and you're like, man, like what's next? Like I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing the best I can. I think I'm making a great product, but I'm still having 
you know, what are two small things that are nagging me? How did you kind of work through kind of difficult moments in your business or challenging moments in your business? Yeah, I think for me, like what's been difficult in my situation is that I don't have a co-founder. So I've always kind of carried the weight of decisions and not really having someone of that that's like invested in that way to like be able to bounce ideas off of or like go through the those tough things with so like looking back that would be something that I've since started another business with a friend and it's just completely different it's just a different kind of feeling so yeah there's been a lot of moments like that where I'm like man this is like I'm just sacrificing so much is this worth it but it's a very fleeting thought and it would be nice to have someone to kind of share those instances with because it's heavy over like it's been eight years since i started the company it's like a lot of internal dialogues you have to kind of go through but it's been like i meant like i said pretty it's pretty fleeting like i can kind of gain perspective pretty quick on like yeah, don't give up. And yeah, it's just like sports too. It's just, you just keep going, you know? And if, as long as you're still like having fun at the end of the day, and I've never really lost the fun. So that's been helpful. Yeah. But there's certainly yeah, periods where it's like, I'm, I feel like I've been working a lot in the business and not creating and doing the things that I like to do. It's more like, the things that you have to do, but maybe not like the fun creative part, but just like trusting that those times to create will come down the road. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like speaking of like doing some creative things and not only do you create products, but you also have a podcast of your own that you guys have done for Lion Loth and you also kind of have a blog going. So you guys have created for other people, but also for yourself. So you found a way to kind of spread that joy of creating and golf and homemaking with other people. And I think sometimes that can keep you energized too, just like having other people to talk to about like things that interest you, especially when you're working in your passion every day. I think sometimes like it can be hard to separate like business from life when it's so closely aligned and make time for yourself. And so creating original content you know i think it's a really big help with that have you found that to be true for you and my love yeah i mean that for me and that's the stuff that i want to do 12 hours a day and definitely like on the podcasting side it's a nice creative outlet you're able to talk with someone about something that you both enjoy or want to learn or share and then kind of Building a community is definitely something that like, keeps us going. Just getting, you know, we'll have customers that like send us like holiday Christmas cards or like handwritten thank you notes back to us, you know, and just like stuff like that. It's kind of cool. So we've yeah, got a lot beautiful. of different. I think that's so great. Yeah. We've got a lot of great, you know, people that we get to interact with. So that's, that's what is is fun. It's like sharing those stories and getting to meet new people and learn their stories. That's awesome. That's awesome. So 
This is probably not going to be the sexiest part of our conversation, but I do have to ask because I personally do not run an e-commerce brand. I haven't had many people on the show that do e-commerce pretty much exclusively. So I did want to ask you, like, what are some of the tools and software that you use to run your business and that you feel have made Line Love be really, have a, create a good customer experience for people who are buying from you? Yeah. We've always utilized Instagram for sure with building our brand, building our engagement with customers and people who follow us. We're very responsive on there and we try and get to know people and also doing that through email too. So we do a lot of email campaigns. I say a lot. It's actually not. It's like we'll send out an email every two weeks or so and We've always tried to make them feel like approachable, not like a marketing thing, but more like if you were to get a letter in the mail. So yeah, I think having those kind of pipelines built is really important. An email campaign type of initiative or focus area, especially with e-commerce has been just, you know, it's, I don't do it enough. You know, honestly, that's something I should probably do more of is focusing on email, Instagram and some form of like, where's your engagement with your community? That can be Twitter. That can be LinkedIn, YouTube. You know, what are those channels that you want to really focus on where your engagement is going to be? And then from the business side, we built our website on Shopify, which is an e-commerce platform for someone that has SKUs or products. And we do all of our production in-house. So from day one, we've always printed in-house. Um, so we make our own prints from start to finish. We get to ship these out. You know, since we don't like use a third party to do any production or manufacturing, we literally get to handwrite every note and get to know people and like tailor their experience to and we always follow up with an email that's personalized. Like if someone's from Cincinnati, we'll make a comment about who day and the Bengals, you know, RIP to their season this year. But, you know, we'll try and like personalize stuff. And we've always just really been focused on making each customer feel like an individual from day one. So, and just having all those things kind of interconnected with a strategy of the e-commerce side of the website. And then where are the content funnels and engagement funnels that kind of flow into that? And then how do you retarget with well-done emails? This episode was recorded using Riverside. Riverside is an incredible video recording and live streaming tool for video podcasters and video creators. With the ability to record videos up to 4K resolution, all participants have access to active local backups, which make poor internet connections and lagging audio a thing of the past. If you're ready to upgrade the audio and video quality of your show, please be sure to check out the link in the description to experience Riverside for yourself. Now, back to the show. Nice, nice. nice. I feel like email, it does, it does. I feel like email is still one of those things that people are like, this is, this is the golden goose. Like you need to get people off of social media and into your email list that you own and be able to communicate with them. And I think we're seeing email just continue to grow and expand in its offerings and being able to like embed videos to be able to 
basically treat it like a blog that just gets sent straight to your audience, right? And you can have a conversation with them when they hit reply back or when they send you something back physical in the mail. Like it is a way to connect directly with people. So they're not, it's not really based on an algorithm. It's just based on when you send it, right? So mm-hmm. at any point you could reach out and directly talk to your people, your community, if you will. But I feel like if, you know, with e-commerce brands, it can be easier than other brands, maybe like service-based brands, because one of volume and two, just by nature, like, you know, a lot of e-commerce brands, and I think Lion Loft does as well. When you go in there, it's like, hey, give me your email for 20% off. Put in your email to get sent exclusive deals. So it's an easy way to capture emails for people who are interested and you know they're interested, even if they don't buy something that time that they sign up. You know that yeah. they're interested in your product and would be interested to hear from you and learn more about you and your brand and things they may not know about just from searching around the first time. So it, it becomes like an easy value proposition. And again, especially the way that you're using it, you're like, I'm not here just to exclusively write sales emails, right? I'm here to like build a community with the people who have signed up and who maybe have had other touch points with us on Instagram or some other method. But I think for service-based people, it could be really hard or even people who have a young brand, a young e-commerce brand, where maybe their brand doesn't have as much brand recognition or name recognition for people to get people to buy in and say, like, why would I want to hear more? Why do I want to hear sales? You know, either you have what I want now or you don't. And so when you were initially kind of growing that audience, did it feel like a slow crawl? Did it feel like, you know, the opt-ins were? <laughs> yeah. Did it feel like the opt-ins were not flowing like you thought they would? Like, what are some things that you tried to kind of just like, grow your email audience as well i think it took like a year of having our website active before we got our first order i remember seeing the first order and just yes so yeah it was super slow luckily i was also building the business through wholesale and b2b so i was literally in my car going from golf course to golf course selling prints out of my car and getting them into golf shops. Pinehurst was one of our first wholesale customers. So was heavily focused on that. And then while doing that, I was capturing content from these trips and storytelling through the Instagram account until there was that brand connection and trust built. And it was, it's kind of like any, yeah, if you're starting a business, it's your family and friends first and foremost that are going to be your early adopters and supporters and getting that next wave is the hardest part. It takes a long time to like have a stranger and those are the, and you want those types of customers to take a long time to become your homies is what we call them. You know, for us, it's like homies, you know, the home, but yeah, it took a while. Took a while, but I, and I still think we have so much more that we could do to improve on our side where we're at today. So that's just something to use something you definitely want to focus on is continuing to build that out. I think it's interesting that you have a name for your community because that's also something that I guess you could say it's branding, but or community building, but a lot of creators and brands, once they get to a certain point or even before that, they just have like a name for like their crew or like their following. And I think homies is, is cute. It's cute. You know, we're all little homebodies. <laughs> oh man but when it came to again like thinking about yourself 
again, I say it's a creative business, but other people could say it's an interior design business. Other people could say it's like a, you know, a homemaking business, right? I think their perception, because you hit on so many different points, golf, creativity, and design, and then having, enjoying your home space. Like, how am I decorating my home space, right? Like, when it came to that, was there any kind of, like, and I know you said you use Instagram, but was there any kind of, like, how can we get, convey this, like, feeling of, like, leisure and just relaxation through, like, our shop and through our messaging and just relate to people who maybe don't even care about golf, but just really relate to that feeling of, like, wanting to have a nice, clean, like, well-decorated space where they spend probably a good bit of their time at. Took a lot of photography. Photography is not going away either. You know, all the rage right now is video. I personally think long form content and still like more still things that will like pull you into the moment that's more quiet. So yeah, we've taken a lot of photos that convey that feeling, whether it's product based, staging our prints and posters in different settings, or if it's on a golf course and you know, we're playing at a really cool golf course or something and just sharing that story. And people that have played there will immediately resonate with it. And people that maybe haven't played there are like inspired to go play there. So just a lot of, it's just visual direction really. And I built a brand book before I even started the business officially to just kind of direct what that aesthetic looked like and the voice of the brand and what I wanted the mission to be and all that stuff and how it all kind of pieced together. So stayed pretty true to that since day one. Nice. Yeah, I think I still have never created a brand book. It's just like, I know what I want. I don't know if that's a smart thing to do, but sometimes. I mean, especially when you're not really familiar with branding, I think, because it is so integral to what you do, like having a brand book and developing that and knowing the mission and what you want things to look and feel like is very, very important. And could be important for other e-commerce businesses to think about like, okay, you may not have all the, your ducks in a row and know how everything's going to come together, but having a brand book is a good place to start to think about like, or just give you a good guidance and direction of like, okay, I have options here, which, which of these align with the original mission of our brand and the direction we want to go. Just a good place to start. And speaking of starting, you mentioned that you started a business recently with your friend is based on hickory sticks. Is that correct? Yeah. So <laughs> we collect hickory golf clubs, which they call them antiques now. They're what you see at antique malls and stuff, where it's the wooden shafted golf clubs. They're all, if you see a wooden shafted golf club, they have a couple of reproduction companies that reproduce them now, but I'm talking about the old ones. They're, pre-1935 and a lot of them date back to 1800s so my friend and i collect them we make them playable again so we refurbish them like completely make them from uh decor to to stuff you can take out to the course and we rent them and run hickory experiences and just kind of like we're still in the beginning phases we'll definitely do some more lifestyle type stuff I think apparel could be really big with this just because it's a niche within the golf industry that I think will catch on. 
is every you know everyone's going back to throwbacks and stuff and this is like the ultimate throwback and if you play golf and you enjoy the feeling of a sweet spot like hitting the sweet spot of a golf club you know that feeling if you've ever felt that it is 10 times better when you do it with an antique golf club. So that's kind of the the joy that we're trying to spread. And it might not have to be your everyday experience with golf, but it's a really fun way to, and the kind of visual of Hickory golf is very antique and like people wearing the knee cap pants and high socks and stuff where, you know, we'll, we'll be out there wearing Vans and, or Jordans and a flat brim or something and, it's just like a different look to it. I think that's what we're doing. Well, both brands are trying to do within golf also is just show that there's a different look to golf than just what is in the, the media about it or what the, the industry kind of has been. So yeah, it's fun. It's a fun side project we're working on. So Nice, nice. So as our last question, and hopefully everybody who's listening and watching feels comfortable enough in their own home at this point and they're chilling and they're relaxing and they're thinking about how all of this relates to building a business and building an e-commerce store. When I think about, you know, the almost like, I wouldn't say impersonal, but potentially impersonable way that e-commerce brands can be run, right? Especially if you have no connection to seeing them in person at an event or seeing them in a store that, you know, the brand has been wholesale to, you know, so you're already associating with them with something that you like, right? So if you have no, you know, initial connection with the brand and you're just searching for, you know, something that an e-commerce store offers, what, you know, when I think of how we can overcome that, and even if it is their first, you know, experience with you and they don't have an experience buying from you and you have limited capital to create something special, What are some of the things that you write on your initial notes when you're writing to them? I think one of my best experiences has been this soap company that I buy from back home that does have an e-commerce store, but every time I buy from them, they write me a handwritten note. And it's still to this day, I've been buying from them since 2016. So it's been quite a few years at this point. And so what are some of the things that you continue? Yeah, it does. It does. And there's something, I guess I'm trying to say this, there's just something so underappreciated about a handwritten note and knowing that there's a person on the other side of this brand that you may have bought with something money you don't even care about because the money's gone now, right? And you have something physical in your hands, but you may never even see you in person unless they're watching this and they just want to see what Luke Davis from Ryan Loft looks like. But, you know, if they, you know, want to get a sense of who you are, this is really the way to do it. And writing a thank you note is really inexpensive. So what were some of the things that you said to your first 10 customers because I know you were overjoyed after waiting for a year for them to buy but like what are some of the things that you said to them you know in those thank you notes yeah um first would be we wanted to also make the thank you note feel unique so we went to a couple golf courses and asked them instead of throwing out their scorecard like after the round, people throw out their scorecards from the golf carts and stuff. We're like, just collect those and we'll recycle them for you. We've collected scorecards over the years and we use those for our thank you notes. We just handwrite with a Sharpie over top of it, notes out. So I've tried to 
utilize certain cards. If someone buys like a course map and we have that scorecard from having been there or something, like totally going to use that course's scorecard, which is a, like that type of touch is cool to be able to do. Um, but those initial ones, it was, and I still really enjoy writing thank you notes when we're shipping out orders. It's making them feel heard or seen by acknowledging where they live and trying to come up with some connection to that, whether it's a golf course or I hope your winner has been mild enough up in yada, yada, you know, like we'll do something to that degree. And it's just, we want it. We, I will totally be like this order means the world. Like, thank you so much for supporting our business. And I always end it with, we're always here to help connect golf and home, your homies, Luke and Lion Law or Lion Law. So just letting them know that we're always here to help with that value of, for them connecting golf to the home uh, is kind of like the touch I want to leave them with is that we're here to help. So, and it's not a quick note either. Like typically they're like six or seven lines of text and we definitely take our time with, cause that's such a, you know, you mentioned it with the soap company. You almost look forward to it, right? I've traveled to different places to like spend time with friends who live in other areas to play golf and they've ordered from us in the past or it's like some boutique store or something and they'll actually like frame the thank you note with print and stuff. Like it's that cool to them to get a handwritten note on a scorecard. So I do think that's like a Thank you notes handwritten, totally the way to go. And if you can make it a unique thank you note experience. We also don't sell stickers on our site, but we always are dropping stickers in orders. So people know if they order from us, they're going to get like cool design stickers or branded stickers. So just like stuff like that, that just adds to the experience of opening an order is, yeah, something we've always focused on. Yeah, that's a good good tip because now that I think about it, I ordered, don't judge me, I ordered some beer from this place out in California as my Christmas gift to myself. And they also don't sell stickers, but they did put stickers in my package, which is just like a nice surprise. And I think especially with something like stickers or like enamel pins, something that's like a low cost item, it just makes sense, right? You're probably not going to get your ROI from selling $5 worth of stickers, um, you know, yeah. so you might as well just give them as like a gift, so... Like if you have an Airbnb, if you have some stuff stocked in the fridge, that's like a six pack of beer or something with a note on there. Enjoy your stay. People are going to be stoked. And that was a $12 expense where you're probably guaranteed a five-star review and a repeat customer if it's a repeat customer type of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice little pro tip. I love it. I'm learning something. I hope everybody else learned something. And Luke, if you didn't, Luke is always here to help connect golf and home. So. I like meeting other entrepreneurs and people that are building stuff. So I'm always down to talk shop. Yeah. There you go. There you have it. He's here for you. He's here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Luke, for joining me today. Thanks for the invite. It was nice chatting with you. Absolutely.